Hello and welcome back to the Timeline Astrology Podcast with myself, Gary O'Toole, and my very special guest, Kishori. Today we're continuing our Maps of Consciousness series with Rahu and its placement in the sign Scorpio. So this is where we begin to unearth very many hidden things and many things we would probably prefer to remain hidden. And it's one of the more challenging placements as seen in Vedic astrology, but as always, Kishori gives us a different perspective, a much needed counterbalance to the predominant narrative. So without further ado, here's Kishori. So welcome back, Kishori. Good to talk to you again. Thank you. It's a delight. It seems ages since we spoke, but we've been busy, haven't we? Yes, you've been busy, especially with the book, the launch of the Song of Rahu. So um, oh, yes. tell us all about that. How's, how's it going? Oh, well, it's been like um, around and round in circles, thinking, going round and round and round and round the mountain. But then, story of our lives, isn't it? We come round and round and we think, oh, I've done all that. Oh, no, you haven't. But it all seems so familiar. So I'm in a period now of, of um, not thinking about it too much. Occasionally, I'll ask Vanessa, that's my editor, of how, of how it's the the tweaking is going, and and she's yes, and got to format this bit, and and I kind of as it's not really much to do with me, exactly, except seeing it done nicely, I let it go, and then I had this swollen foot, which would make it more difficult to 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 walk at the moment, but that's getting better, so that's been a part of my experience. People would say to me, aren't you satisfied or happy? Or and I go, well, it's not changed my fundamental state at all. I mean, it's done now, and it's with any, um, it, it, as, as all is coming to fruition, it should all be ready by the end of this month and done and dusted on to the next thing the poetry of embodiment and um, the magic book and um, my memoir and all of those things. So, next bits of writing are coming. And um, yeah, and some some talks and some presentations and some webinars and and the the regularity I see is going to be there of once a month having this uh, free uh, Zoom for anybody that's really interested in it can apply to join that and come to that. So we have a few more questions and a bit more elaborations and I'm I'm think I'm going to be taking. A, a question or a, let's say a difficult point for the mind there isn't anything difficult but like that sentence um, and Rahu is a poisonous snake feeding at the breast of the mother she nourishes and treasures him her changing child the malformed the experience of difference and that kind of sticks in people's throats some people anyway I think what why would the Divine Mother, or whatever you conceive to be the, the, the Shakti, the feminine embodiment, why would she nourish the shadow? But there's always some deep, deep significance in these koans. So I love that. I love the, I love the things which are almost like, why on earth? Like when I was younger and I used to question, why would the one invest in duality in the first place? That was when I was much younger, attempting to to get some clarity on it all. So it's, it makes me laugh. It makes me really, really enjoy when you get to a bit that couldn't be, yet it is. 
Well, now, I mean, again, once again, you preempted our discussion about Rahu and Scorpio, because indeed that would bring up that kind of question. And so the, really, well, I'm going to put it to you now. Well, actually, can you answer that for us? Why yes. would the mother, why would why the mother feed she, the snake? Yeah. Why on earth would she nourish and treasure a poisonous snake in her bosom? You know, why? You know? And it's that that I, what I used to call the the, the syrupon shit things of of, of uh, making it all nice and clean and tidy, but it's a maelstrom of chaos beneath the surface, for example. But the uh, sophisticated way of living is that we are in agony because something is going on inside <clears throat> in the mind, and yet we present a, a surface, sophisticated surface to. Uh, the world to the people we're speaking with in order to be able to function I and mean, it's no good lying on the floor kicking your heels like a two-year-old having a temper tantrum uh, because you've lost your keys for example or you've gone bankrupt <laughs> <laughs> you know but, but it's interesting but, though how you would do that though with the people you're most in most intimate with like you're, for example, like you, you, you might lose your keys and, and have a temper tantrum on your own when you get home. Like you wouldn't do that in public. And that's very much about what Scorpio is all about, of course, because it's all that hidden stuff. Yes, it is the hidden. And the hidden stuff is where the next thing comes from. You're not going to get change from putting more, another layer of wallpaper on top of what's already moldering and decaying. And what's very, very interesting, as I'll tell you, um, is when I was living in Spain, before this particular phase of my life started, I'd gone I'd gone to Orgiva intending to buy a little house and settle there. And somehow or other, I'd been there the summer and I wanted to move into town because the taxis weren't available to get into town and I needed to go to town at least two or three times a week. Anyway, um, so I moved into this, what I thought was a beautiful apartment, part of a, a house with a lovely access to a pool, and it looked wonderful. But we could feel there was something not quite right underneath. But looked at it and then think, okay, okay, we'll go for it. And um, And it was actually the first night I was there. I mean, I had loads of people. This is what is interesting there. Loads of people that I did not expect came to help me move in and organize as if it was really a party. And we had a lovely time. But that night, as I lay in bed, I could feel there was something horrific inside the walls. So I pulled the bed away from the wall to start off with. But it, and the next day, and it wasn't this. And what I discovered eventually that there was black mold. Well, there was something in the walls creeping out at me. And I got very sick very shortly, and I had to move out quickly. And um, so, so it's the hidden, and you have to be really careful, and more and more careful as we learn to to live, paying attention to the unseen and what's going on that in, on the apparently on the surface, and looking at what's going on underneath. I mean, that isn't the reason why she nourishes him. We'll find that out in a minute. But the underneath makes you realize there is so much more and pay attention to what is emerging from within, from the unknown, from the no thing, from the, the secret. And, and looking at those 
underlying currents between the surface world and the, the, the deeper world of the I am, the heart, and, and, and noticing them. So we are being evolved to, to function with more of ourselves, not just a little bit extra intuition, but actually more available to the no thing, which is where newness and transformation and the real true unmanifest desires of the heart that's where they come from. They're not going to come from the place you know. They've got to go from the place that the mind doesn't know. So it's what lies beneath, what lies in those hidden currents beneath, in the depth, beneath the surface of the water, so to speak. And that is what is of value. Not to, not to just surrender to them, but to notice. And notice the, the, the distorting currents that we have we are here to transform or to notice and make choices. So bit by bit over the years, what I have learned from all of this, that, that, that which interferes is that it brings into consciousness what else is available from the more subtle feelings, not just, you know, eyesight and ear and hearing and all of that, but the more subtle currents, the more subtle feelings, and to be aware of those and not to say, well, you have to die and go into heaven and or some other state, but you can do it now because we are already full spectrum, potentially. We can download it all. And sometimes we notice when it interferes, but sometimes we have to really get hit on top of the head and have the rug pulled in order to wake up to the more subtle senses. And I mean, this is part of the pathway we're going on um, with paying with the value the, the absolute importance of, say, a, a period like Scorpio, a frequency like the Scorpio energy, Scorpio um, um, state, to enable us to, to sink beneath and to notice, and notice that we have available to us at all times as we sharpen our senses, our more subtle senses, to the whole, the whole full spectrum. And when things arise which uh, are ability to make conscious choices is activated, then we make those choices. Mostly mind doesn't believe it has the full power that we do have, the power of the absolute. We have all of that. We are source as well as the, 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 the enjoyer of the fruit. We're the, we're the grower and the creator of the fruit, and we can have it any which way we want. But not if we're not canny. We have, this is the, the end times when the, the um, requirement to be Mm. innocent as doves and as, as wise or cunning as serpents. And the quality of this sinuous, winding, not logical, not straight, not, not straightforward of the conscious mind, but to follow the winding path of that serpentine energy that goes round and round and round, sometimes around and around the mountain, um, and to be aware of it and to value it and value the slowness and the steadiness of the unraveling. It will, um, it will, it's inexorable. It has to happen. It will do, but it will come slowly. And the more we pay attention to those subtle intuitions and those subtle knowings and develop them in the silence and the inner, inner inquiry, that is the way. It's ultimately the only way to live. I'm not advocating it like 
this is the spiritual path or this is the no but it's it's to be using all of you all of your 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 uh, abilities and knowings and let them evolve by noticing what's going on this is going on this is what i would consciously choose the integrated me the full me no but we do find our way through everything and we bring it back swiftly or slowly we bring it back to the the focus the steadiness so the uh, scorpionic and the, and the and the and the rahu energy where that which cuts across make um, i mean i mean to hear what you've got to say a bit about it as well but it feels like you know, some of the most intense times is what i feel but it doesn't have to be it can sharpen us to to instant pristine clarity if we pay attention but we are put on our marks we are uh, the, the demanding of let's say the zen archery school is very demanding at the moment that that period of time and not not just goes so long oh this will do nothing will do anymore yes you have to embrace fully what's going on because without that matching that's a lovely word that absolute matching it doesn't mean keeping it but it means going oh and the next murderer walks in go oh that's curious that's but in the next second you make your choice but the first thing has to be open curiosity to whatever it is embracing but that the that word acceptance that many people just think the word acceptance means putting up with forever and it does not it means the instant welcome oh hello so in walks this leprous beggar to have dinner with you and you go oh hello welcome and in that instant this is lord krishna or or whatever and it's transformed just like the kiss of beauty to the beast <clears throat> that heartful space that beauty had towards the beast that that is the state that we have to be in with a whole of our lives or that we have to be but we are being moved towards so you know the story of the the, the zen master living up on the mountain a monk and the and the the local girl 16 has got pregnant and they say who's the father and she says oh that that shri whatever his name is up on the mountainside and they go and they address him and they say is your child okay okay so he takes the boy in 10 years later she on she owns up and says no 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 it was that where it was and um and then they come and they take this boy that he's going to love and, and they and they say no you've got to come now to your real father okay and it's that kind of okayness but okayness including the ability to instantly make a new choice but without resisting the state and that is very subtle now can i can i pause you there really important point there because it's in that moment of noticing the state but not resisting in that state while choosing yes. a new state yes 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 that's really <laughs> difficult for most people that's where yes. we get stuck right that that's why you cannot accept from the state of the mind in separation when mind is practiced on a daily basis whether it's storming or the sun shining of rooting in the heart in gratefulness for the 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 the, the fun of the beautiful new day or the 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 recognizing oh i might have to tweak this a little bit but the embracing of the current state 
that doesn't take more than a, a microsecond. It's to say, oh, yes. But if you make the choice for the new state, but not from the state of resistance to what is the experience. You see, that is, I mean, that all makes sense to me. But of course, the natural knee-jerk reaction to a state that's uncomfortable, that's kind of dredging something up from the, the shit that's been buried under the syrup, right, is like resisting that, right? But the longer you resist it, the less possibility it has of being transformed. You have to you have to bring it into that place of the mother nourishing the poisonous snake, because the poisonous snake is what snake is what undermines the current beautiful wave that's just rising and breaking. You go, oh, what a beautiful wave! Look, there's the sunshine and all the little jewel drops of water, and and the next one is even more and more and more because we are being widened by love or by consciousness, whatever word you use. Whatever word we use is, is a definition, and we have to be uh, able to define the undefinable somehow. Can I can I can I draw this back to your example yeah. you gave earlier about being in Orkiva and you were in this house which was like had black mold in the walls? Can I but use that? It was that beautiful. As... It was very beautiful. So can I use that as an example? Yeah, then? yeah, Could yeah. it be that you were in this house that was very beautiful and it was a lovely moving in experience with everyone helping you move in and you could engage with that? But then you also notice this black mold and it's like, so are you saying that basically, as the analogy goes, like that you are looking at this, well, this was just not just an analogy, this was your experience. You looked at the mold and like, I can't live in this. But if you remained focused on the problems and the mold and all of that, and then you chose choosing another house in yes. that state of resistance, then it doesn't work out as well as if you were just imagining Because you haven't accepted the state. And it's not the, the the expression of the state, but it's the underlying state which is giving rise to the experience. Because, because if I've got a state of resisting, for example, in my in my chart, we looked at it, I've got my, my mother having lots of operations and being ill and being used to that and programmed with that. As a child, I still have uh, stuff to do with the Savaragahara Chakra, the freedom from all disease, and moving beyond that. So I will, from time to time, little things will rise and make, learning to be simple with it and to, to free the underlying state, not heal from the, or that word heal is a very peculiar word, from the current situation. Because it's, it's the current situation is merely an expression of an underlying belief, which doesn't exist in the heart field, an underlying belief in that there, that, um, Reality has uh, malevolent and benevolent uh, situations. The situations are simply expressions of an underlying belief or an underlying uh, condition from which we are moving beyond. As we move everything into the heart field from that state of transmission, then this it doesn't even compute, doesn't exist. Heart doesn't recognize these these. This is such an important point because when you consider, if, if I, again, I have to frame everything in astrology because that's what I do. That's what, dude, where dude, my mind that's goes. what we're here for. We're here for that. But that's what I naturally do anyway with my mind. So I'm like, yeah, everything yeah, you yeah, say, yeah. it's like drawn back into an astrological context and given it a framework and meaning in that sense. And and yeah. And this is so, why I'm with you, but Gary, because yeah, of course. it's so useful, this thing of, of, of the redefining and redefining 
at the surface or the way we engage with matter and situations. And it's so beautiful to be able to go, oh, yes, we can go beyond that and beyond that and beyond that. And mm -hmm. and so uh, and, and, and it's it's really incredible because we we exist or we seem to play in this playground of hard and soft and difficulties and things. Because it's our it's our game, isn't it? It's what we're playing. It's a game, but let me just let's start with the kind of the astrology of it because there are some quite more like and you use the word intense. Like Scorpio has that kind of word applied to it a lot. Um, there's an intensity about Scorpio, and for example, the moon is said to be in its debilitation in Scorpio. And so when we use words like that, then you kind of think, okay, what does that mean? Um, where the mind can go to the, a dark place, quote unquote. Right. Whether and some people's, uh, you know, experience of dark could be a positive thing, as in I'm trying to understand myself. I'm trying to, you know, go into myself and really dig deep. And then someone else's might be just I just feel like, you know, something's off here. You know, there's like this in terms of like your experience of a physical thing like mold. There's also like you could say things in the mind that we don't want to really deal with. Right. Or in the psyche, whatever. So that's why the moon is challenging in Scorpio. I always think of the, the one person I always think of when I think of that with Rahu in Scorpio, because he had Rahu and the moon in Scorpio, was um, Nietzsche. Yes. He's, got, he's a good example of somebody who really went there, like yes. to the nth degree went there and disturbed his mind, though, in the process. Like he, like, well, according to reports, he's, he apparently ended up his life, you know, quite mad, quote unquote, right? So it's like, how do we go there, unearth all of this, and and use that analogy again of feeding the snake? How do we go there and and feed it without feeding it to the point of it it consumes us? Mm. Well, as far as I mean, for me, it's always very simple. Train yourself to root always, whether it's a joy or, or or terror, in the heart field. The heart field, even if it's the tiniest little thread, we're bungee jumping from that state. That's what we are. Our natural, I mean, the heart field is a way of describing that state of what you might call heaven or I don't know, but the place where everything is smooth. Now, if we anchor the mind, which is all over the place in a million thousand infinite pieces all over the place, 10,000 things that Lao says, talks about. And if we anchor the mind always, to run for home. I have this uh, little picture on my early websites. A little girl in the garden, a um, little a toddler, finds her a snail. She'd never seen one before with its and 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 instead of freaking, she turns and looks at the window with the kitchen, and there's her mum. So she just runs for home. And if we train our mind, that simple analogy, to always return to the state of being undisturbed. There's always that little little star in the heart, that pole star of guidance that I started all many, many years ago when I started playing with this kind of thing with everybody. There is no situation. There is nothing, even at the point of total, uh, I don't know, explosion of everything that cannot be anchored by one who really is practiced in anchoring their attention, the root of their bungee cord in the heart field. And one year I was looking at this and my, and my being said, but you are the little song that the divine child is singing to herself safely at home in the heart. You never went anywhere. 
the you, the essential you, is already that. And then you can go straight back to any of the great writers and saints and yanis and go, yeah, you are that. <laughs> and it's not just an idea, it's an absolute truth. You can train the mind in all circumstances to go back to that place. And it's the simplest childlike, people would even say childish, too simplistic, of putting your hand on your heart and training yourself to, to make that your intentional anchor at any time, in any circumstance. Even when you're running from a burning building, you can still be doing that. Mm? And it's the feeling, that deep feeling, that um, I've been exploring myself a bit uh, this last month. I don't know how long we've spoken, but exploring some of the experiences from my memoir that I'm writing of when I was a, a little girl, when I was really little, and going back to my early experiences with Jesus, my, my experience through the Catholic, what I was given, you know, and seeing how together with all of the, the wounds and sorrow and all of that stuff, together with my own personal, intimate, deep feeling of intimacy, and that, although the, the, the Vedas and all of that knowledge of the Vedic, uh, my mind burst open with knowing all that when I first started looking at the Eastern philosophy, and, and the knowing, but going back to my early childhood feeling of, oh yes, there is somebody, there is something. And that little intimacy that we all long for, that little echo, even though we've become very sophisticated and grown up and adult, and we know that we don't do a temper tantrum in a business meeting, for example, even if we're feeling it, to actually distinguish from that deep feeling in the heart, what is it that is my home, my shruti note? And making that shruti note, your own and that is just self-training i i'm just that that for me brings up this sense of with scorpio this sense of transcendence because i often used to think of that as or if i use uh, not the word transcendence transcendence but transforming that that would be like oh i'm going to go there and go through this experience and process it my trauma or whatever around this and it's like that's the transformation but eventually i think i realized that actually the transformation is settling into that stillness you're talking about beyond all yes. that turbulence and allowing allowing that word allowing doesn't mean keeping the experience you're having but allowing that each breath is new and it, it can be you slip through the cracks in that way and you don't have to spend the next 10 years in, in incarcerated because somebody put some drugs in your case and you end up in a, a jail you know any of the horrific things that might happen because you don't have to, because you can slip through the cracks and the most amazing things happen. These are the moments in every breath that a miracle, and a miracle being the, the shift in perception that gives rise to a circumstance that the mind says, this couldn't happen, and yet it does. We know things happen that couldn't happen in 3D land, but they do, but it's your, and and I suppose um, the spiritual teachers talk about trust. It's not even trust. You make it your knowing because this is what you, in your sovereign authority in your life story, have chosen. You've chosen it to keep training every single thing, whether it's celebration at the next dawn, um, and pleasure that somebody has invited you to dinner, or, or, or 
simple things or it can be some amazing miracle you are going to be bankrupt the next day and all of a sudden i don't know great aunt matilda who you never heard of has left you then a few hundred thousand you, you know what i mean it's like things which could not happen like raising from the dead that's because coherence in in that in that juxtaposition of opposite it's that union of opposite a thing that could not happen in it replaces completely uh, an incoherent situation and it's the it's the expression the 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 picture on the screen that we experience that's not the miracle that is the demonstration of the miracle of the shift in perception but we can train ourselves moment by moment to be in that place of openness and celebration in the heart field that never left the little song that the divine child is singing always safely at home in the heart so it's the juxtaposition of the the greatest terror you think of bungee jumping you get to the point of having jumped into matter, so you're buried alive, and yet you are still the stillness, the silence, and you never let go of that, however spider's web thin it might seem to be. You see, this is the union of opposites. And I suspect it has, if you start telling me a bit more about Rahu and Scorpio, I suspect that these extremes, like Rahu is the extreme one who dances on the razor's edge, so speaking of dancing on the razor's edge, yeah, I mean, yeah. as you're speaking, I'm thinking about how in my life I've done this so much where I have, because everything you're saying resonates, because I obviously I've lived this, you know, this sense of, you know, it's in that moment that, you know, you think everything is going to shit, <laughs> you think everything yes. is falling apart, and then something else comes up that you didn't expect at all, because that's also what Scorpio is about, by the way, it's unexpected change. That's what yeah, Scorpio well, that, is. That, that, that's the Rahu as well that I find. And, and Rahu just exaggerates it more and more yes. and, and all of that. So it's like it's full on. And I have this sense a lot that, you know, it's like I I kind of go to the edge, kind of really kind of pushing it to the edge sometimes because I know that it's going to like pivot and then create this other situation that it, I just that, don't see that, immediately. That's you, isn't it? You love that. You I love that. Of, I, 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 do I love know it. it's in you, yes. But it's a bit nerve wracking. Why do people, and I'm not saying I do it, but why do people go watch horror movies? For goodness exactly. sake. Right, right. Let, right. Letting the mind really, really feel and believe it. Oh, that's now interesting when you think about horror movies in the context of this discussion about Rahu and Scorpio, because why would anyone go to a horror of any kind in their mind? Because the being, the one, the absolute, wants it. It wants. I used to ask that question and it said, so there should be nowhere, no experience that is unavailable to the absolute. So it loves being, trying, looking for the experiencing what he can't be, the opposite. He absolutely seems to adore it, loving to be buried alive. And as the Popovu says, one of my favorite quotes, no pleasure greater than coming back to life after having been torn to pieces. You see, that's the thing I think I'm always chasing. Yeah, I know it as 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 a Scorpio individual myself. I'm Scorpio rising. I have this constant need to sort of pick at the scab. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I, I have this constant need to go there to understand things on a whole deeper level. That's the kind of cliched view but of Scorpio. Exactly. But I go much further. I feel like I go to the point where I want it to be so like intense that by the time I release this, it's going to give me so much more blissful, orgasmic ecstasy of being alive. Yeah, why not? 
but you know what the only the, what what makes it possible is that beneath the surface of the conscious mind deep 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 in your heart you all you also are a, a lover of the absolute deep deep lover and that's one of the things i recognized in the beginning the when we first met that uh, wow yeah i could feel the 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 i don't know probably what drew you to start having these conversations and mm. and search because something in you goes yeah how far can we push it mm. surfing the tsunami and you you know when when i first came across you actually in the song of rahu i i felt like wow this she's really pushing it <laughs> yeah i mean i thought like you know yeah this is not something you normally hear like wow she just she just said what <laughs> yes. but do you get a sense of after having released the song of rahu and any feedback you're getting do you feel like you're what kind of feedback are you getting from people on that well the the people who are not yet uh tying up their experience of life and what's going on in 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 God, in the world and things like that or their individual or the bigger picture um they, they're not they're not really engaging because we've not really fully put it out there i mean i have um, among a few circles of people like who who know your exploration and the people who really have stayed with me um through my own exploration but the bigger picture which i know is going to be i've got to define it more and more in terms that is going to be of value to people who apparently are in authority to really understand it's the union of opposites how do we get absolute the power of electricity for example we put together a positive and a negative uh, frequency in the in a neutral state if we didn't have that we would have very unstable we've got to make it stable and and one of the ways that the the one is doing is making it stable but it can't make itself unstable it can't because it it is what it is i mean i am and the consciousness that's what it is and and i know in my whole being that that unless i put in all sorts of um um underlying frequencies consciousness is biased in the favor of life of expression and what we might call love it there is a bias because otherwise we'd be going into antimatter all the time and yet it wants to explore all states so so the thread of the of losing what it is might not be available to mind but it is available to itself because it cannot be other than itself you know so in the sense it's exploring all these situations like rahu the shepherd shepherding himself back to himself how else could he do anything because he's the one he wants to get into the deepest darkest little crevices and i tell you more and more will open and the more and more that open these crevices um you know like someone like wimhoff pushing himself to swim under the the ice and you know and hold his breath for i don't know how long mm. like like the like yogis like the nyanis that bury themselves alive for for six months and stop their heart and and yet their knowing is such they've so united with their own knowing that they know that that is known that that will come back to life it's like they, that kind of skirting on the edge all the time it's like pushing yes, it to the limit it, it, all the time it, it, right with rahu and i think that's why if we look at nietzsche in his life and what he did hmm. like he had such insight into the human psyche but at the same time he challenged his mind maybe too much you know at that time maybe that he just wasn't able to cope with it 
this thing of too much, I don't know, because there only is the one. So how, what could be too much? Nothing in this world, nothing in our story could happen that was not permitted, that is not permitted or is not engaged in by the one, seeing as there only is the one ex substance, experiencing all experiences. So do you know what I mean? The mm -hmm. essence of who Nietzsche is, was, or even appeared to be, is never lost, couldn't be, because... Well, you Let's know. use the example then of like just everyday person who experiences Rahu in Scorpio. And I've seen this a lot over the years with people who have it in their birth chart and yes, they yes, have yes. a tendency to go into these kinds of like worst case scenario thinking. Yes, yes. Doom and gloom like predictions and yeah. apocalyptic even sometimes. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And it's like, well, I can understand why you're going there because it's like actually the impulse of Scorpio is all about preparing for the worst. Because if you yes. imagine if you never, ever thought a negative thought your whole life and all of a yes. sudden something happens that it's the most catastrophic. You're like, you're not emotionally best. prepared yes. for it. Yes, yes, yes. Because right? the, the, the syrup has broke, the syrup, the, 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 that beautiful wallpaper is not enough to hold back <laughs> the mold behind the walls. <laughs> right, exactly. But this is, and I suppose the thing about astrology is always is uh, reminding us of the contrasting, the opposition, the opposite sign. And in, in this case, opposite Scorpio is Taurus, which is all about beautifying everything and making everything look nice and it's all perfect, you know, and it all looks lovely. But underneath is the mold. One of these things I, I'm saying, though, in all of the Rahu stuff and everything I'm saying is that whatever it may look like, it is already that which we call, we might call beauty or, or purity or consciousness. And Rahu says, all is pure, impurity is not doesn't exist if you know what i mean so mm -hmm. it's like the one desiring to experience impurity has to go to the place where it's so veiled that it cannot be it doesn't access in the mind or in the body it's it's a, it's eternal in its state and 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 because if it's in its eternal state how could it possibly experience um, violence and disaster and chaos and disorder and all of that it can't but it wants to. There is a movement to experience it within duality, the to go beyond the boundaries. And there's always that movement. I feel it in myself and I recognize it in you of going, yeah, but that's impossible. That's a koan. That cannot be. Like that thing of what is the sound of one hand clapping and things, things. I remember when I was a little girl, very young. I was given all sorts of things from within. And I say, why am I thinking this? And uh, I had this tennis ball or this ball and I had to turn it inside out. I don't know, I started about three or four. I had to turn it inside out. And yet I knew the thickness of the of the ball. If I turned it inside out, it wouldn't contain because even how thin it was, it was still smaller. The whole circumference was sm smaller than the outer and it couldn't contain it. It's like, of course, pushing all at a come in mind it has grown extrapolated into the world pushing it back within and i i didn't know what i was grasping with in those days but i was giving them why am i thinking this nonsense i didn't even think it was nonsense at the beginning but it went on for a long time until i was quite uh, uh, grown up before i realized what i'd been pondering on and other such things very very young and for me, it's this kind of this sense of this Rahu nature to constantly push the envelope. It's like you can't just it's like you yeah. have released the song of Rahu now as a book. 
but now it's like what's next and it's like you have to keep moving forward well, keep moving forward right absolutely but, but what happens when you place what happens when you place that though in the context of scorpio where it's constantly picking at the scab it's constantly digging into the psyche what how what what is this going on here i'm trying to understand this to the point where actually you've unearthed everything but then you're you're sitting in a heap of shit but it's never going to stop because it's a never-ending story. It the 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 desire to move beyond when it's in only in mind can only be tolerated when you have that that spider's web link into the into the heart, even if it's totally in the unknown. So that's why we have to keep looking every day or every moment whenever we have those quiet moments to look into oh what's really going on. And to relax into the place which is not fueled by this impulse, but is actually knows all is known and all is okay, and and you've got that as well, you see. But what I'm reminded of is that what you mentioned earlier about it's interesting how you use these images of doves and serpents, because Scorpio is everyone thinks of Scorpio as a scorpion, of course, that's the typical um, thing we think of, but actually it has a like you might say a higher vibration of the eagle or even the dove. Yeah, that that's another expression of Scorpio, because if you think about the kind of the scorpion and that that image of going to ground and scurrying under a rock and hiding, you know, and lashing out if you feel attacked. But then there's also that kind of higher expression of the ego swooping and having an eye on everything from that kind of height so that Scorpio isn't just about controlling things on that kind of minuscule level, even though it does want to go to that level. But it's also about rising up above all of that noise and recognizing actually that everything is in control already that's for me the kind of interesting thing about scorpio that it can come from both angles i know lots of scorpios being a scorpio i, I know lots and they always like to be in control but again it's that reminder that actually it's all already in control and it's just about aligning with that it's kind of like a higher on up sort of expression of the sign which is why you'll see these kind of different creatures that seem very opposed. They are all, and um, if you look in the early medieval text of uh, alchemy, you can see the images of this of the the Scorpio, this snake, and the dove, and all of these. They're all the images. As you're talking, I'm getting these pictures of the of some of these early texts. <laughs> They're all there. All those images are there. So clear. You know, you know the yoga pose, Garudasana. It's the ego yes. pose where you stand yes. on one leg and you wrap your leg around the other and your arms are wrapped. Yes. Yes. yes, that's there's a whole mythology around uh, Garuda, the 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 eagle god, and he like swoops down and devours the serpents, and he's like Vishnu's mount, and so that all ties in with this ability to take the mind out of this dark place and to to lift up out of this. It's to experience it, and ultimately. They take the mind to the place which knows it's all okay. So it can be perfectly, perfectly aligned and matched and accept that, yes, um, I'm bungee jumping. Even if the mind doesn't know it, there's a deep, deep sense of being able to go into the most dire circumstances and yet stay deeply, deeply relaxed. You know, places I, like, the, they say, I, it's like John of the Cross call, like the dark night of the soul, bit that where the mind is in shreds but some part of you is totally and utterly at peace you see mm. i actually would say also that the um the truth of that is for someone who's scorpio or someone with rahu in scorpio perhaps moon in scorpio is that actually unless there is something to chew over 
then it, like for example if there isn't something going wrong <laughs> if, if everything is perfect it's like then the mind is like for scorpios anyway it's like wait a minute where's the problem here i don't see a problem yes i need that, to know where the problem is so i can deal with the problem right the the the, the, the knack is to notice and feel the grating of the grit in the oyster to notice it and and accept it and at the same moment in the acceptance there is a new state comes because of the ability to completely surrender at that moment you're out the box it's like becoming one with the situation you've got to match everything so any kind of resistance anywhere and of course we find resistance in our bodies so it's a perpetual game of exploring how do i take my body mind to be to this absolute total surrender to being torn to pieces and yet and yet in the very instant of being willing you become the box and yet there is no box you know it's gone the game isn't there and it's 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 what you're playing it's lovely because you 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 know you've got that place of deep 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 knowing and yet you're stretching your mind, is what I perceive anyway, my, you're stretching your mind to encompass even more. So we are being widened and widened in every breath, in every situation to God knows where, to completely accept the most terrible circumstances. And yet it's not in order to keep them, it's in to allow the next evolution because we're dying in that, as, as Rumi or was Kabir said, and you die in every moment, but you can't that, die until unless you accept fully. That is such. That is, I think, the crux of it. Because Scorpio is the sign of change, of dying to every moment. But at the same time, as you say, like it's giving up this resistance because it is also the sign of resistance to change. It's it's what they say in that. Um, what is it? They make the smallest distinction however and heaven and earth are set forever apart it's the judgment and it's not as jesus says uh, judge not lest you be judged it's not it's not that the judgment is is evil or wrong or sin or anything like that it's that if you start to judge this should not be i don't want this even before you've embraced it you can't digest that and it all happens so subtly and so swiftly so there has to be the amount of allowing, like a, a baby falls and it will bounce and, a, and a, an adult will fall and every bone is broken. Wow, yeah, that's so, wow. So, I mean, the thing about that is, it's like, again, we could think about Scorpio as all that like digested stuff or, and also maybe undigested stuff a lot of the time because yes. it's literally, that's the, the part of the body that rules is the anus and the genitals and yeah, all the yeah. hidden parts and all the shit that comes yes, out yes. right and everything that's been processed and hopefully got rid of fully because yes. we don't get rid of it fully we don't even process fully let alone no, get we, rid of it we don't and, we're, and that's why all the emphasis on the um this the symbolic thing of of the metabolism our metabolism has to become super fluid super super so you digest everything in the moment yeah so yeah. Not, not resist the moment just feel it and just allow yes. it transcend it completely you yes. must feel it completely exactly and so you match the word i i i mean i've got my my my, my lexicon that's coming out when i eventually get it is examining words like allowing what does it really mean and 
and, and expanding. I mean, I could have a whole, whole book on what the word allowing, what does it mean? It does not mean what the assumption is that if I allow this, I permit it forever. No, first you must accept this is actually happening. You go in your basement and it's flooded. You don't go, oh my God, oh my God, my God. You actually have to take your mind to an intelligent place where it says, okay, there must be a leak somewhere or so we get in the appropriate person. And it's no good having a temper tantrum in the middle of the basement being flooded out. You take intelligent steps. But first you have to accept that it actually is. Something is happening in experience, but there's something happening and that needs addressing. So so it's it's um it's a koan all the time. How to absolutely accept what's going on in the world. It's being torn to pieces. It's nothing stable anywhere. And this when... is what this is what would seem to be the issue with Scorpio, is that it's kind of like a double-edged sword, because on the one hand, yeah. there's that is that, but there's the other thing about if it's almost like if it's not intense enough for a Scorpio, for that archetype of Scorpio, shall we say, for yeah, everybody, yeah, yeah. we all have it. That it actually is kind of like it could easily fester. Yeah. Actually, it's not enough to actually come up into our conscious awareness. So it's like the mold will continue to grow underneath the wallpaper. But yeah. it's like for Scorpio, it needs to be that intense so that actually when it does come up, you are on your feet and out and doing it and on it, right? All at the same time. Hmm. And it all going on in the right in the moment. There is not there's at this place we're talking about, this is beyond time. It's like shh, all happening at the same moment. It's why people love like, um, well, bungee jumping, but also why people love like risky sports and things. Yes. I mean, who would want to go and test yourself to climb or to do things that seem to be impossible? Everyone's mm. looking for the next thing. I'm not everyone, but or some part of humanity is uh, someone that likes the, the razor's edge. It's looking, well, we've been to the moon. Now let's do that and that. And whether we've been in our mind or whether an imagination and it's all made up or whether someone actually physically did, it's irrelevant in the way. I mean, there's always those questions. Did this what, actually happen? what happens when though somebody goes to that? Like, because it's, you know, you can easily say that about going to bungee jumping and doing extreme sports, things like that. And you can see the extremes of that. And you, you know what the extremes are. And it's like, oh, if you do that, you actually can get killed. So you better be careful. But what about going to that kind of depth in your mind in the psyche like me like, at what point does it become like actually i'm just dredging up old traumas and re-traumatizing myself over and over again if, if 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 you do it um strategically and you go to these places without having that th spider's web fine thread that's linked to you that stabilized you in the heart field then it, it can be very dangerous so doing dredging up stuff are you going round and round and round in circles like somebody I knew that had had some abuse and she was still dealing with it 40 years later, going to therapists and thinking, my goodness sake, 40 years? I mean, you know, uh, but it's always only the same thing, whether it looks like a tearing to pieces or revelation. There's only one thing is consciousness exploring itself. It all goes back to some form of self-inquiry and you can't go anywhere else except to to truth in the end. I mean, even Nietzsche that you think maybe destroyed his mind uh, from what he was doing, he, he couldn't. We cannot self-annihilate ultimately. You can't, because you are what you are, originally consciousness. But, but um, that I, I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, I'm just reminded of the extremes that Rahul goes to 
then bringing in the other extremes of indeed just that, like annihilation. Because if, if you're dwelling on things for so long in your mind and you just cannot take it anymore, well, the only other option, the only other counterbalance to that is you just want annihilation. You want to blunt it all out. You just want to like dull your mind. You want to either, you know, take drugs, drink, whatever it needs, right? In the end, all you get is this laughter. Huge laughter. I mean, ultimately, that's where we get, because it can't. It's trying to do the impossible. And in in the story of this planetary logos, I don't know. There will be other dimensions where we play other games. I suppose um, I've found them all within the mind so far. I haven't. I mean, I've looked at all the uh, the aliens and all the. But in the end, it's all within mind. All of our story here. It's all a mental universe. And you can have whatever you want. The, the, the one thing that that threw me um, a lot in the early early years was that I, um, I used to be a, a, a devout Catholic. I mean, not Catholic, but because I couldn't be within the church. But one day in the middle of divorce and despair and everything else, I'm kneeling in the church one day and, and, and I'm told immediately, no question, this is not your place. Be out, get out. Don't stay here anymore. Not your archetype anymore. Not for you. My mind did not understand. I mean, I had read things like uh, Saint Teresa of Avila and the and John of the Cross and all of that. And 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 I dropped the baby with the bathwater for a long time. Absolute devastation that what I had placed my trust and my faith in didn't even exist and didn't even want me there. I mean, it's a big mindfuck, obviously, excuse me, <laughs> but that's what it was. Yeah. And then I come to the end and I realize it's all made up. If I want a personal experience of love, personalized to the little me, and I want to know the absolute truths of the non-existence of everything like Nietzsche wondered looking for, it doesn't matter. I can have both and and I can have different experiences. In fact, all of it can be mine. So I do, I make up different bits for different bits of me. And I, I have an intimate relationship, which little, which in the ultimate things, the scale thing doesn't exist anyway. And I can have whatever I want. You can make it. It's all customizable because there's only one thing to find. Whatever your heart desires, you can have. So never think that anything is impossible because it isn't. Mm -hmm. So whatever. I mean, you you, know, you, yeah, you said earlier to me about, you know, that you get a sense from me that I, I have this kind of, you know, I don't, I can't remember the words you used, but I, I, I always feel like I've always had this, but I, I kind of never really thought that other people didn't have it. I just thought it was natural to actually to have a sense of bungee jumping, right? That I've always had one foot in, one foot out. That is always this kind of sense of that there's something other, and that's why maybe I could go a bit further and go more intensely into things. But I'd never, I've never felt ever. That I would it would ever go too far. That I could go too far. You know, having that kind of center in whatever. You know, I don't know whatever you want to call it. But like, I always assume that everybody else has that. Well, I guess that kind of curiosity, or that wherever there's a boundary, humanity wants to transcend it. Or you, as humanity, as your your own unique blend or version of it wants to go to the edge and more and more like mum says don't don't put your finger in the the socket in the wall and so baby does 
I tell you one thing that I don't really want to go to the edge of or any further or even close to the edge is with any kind of uh, substance, because I, that's one area where I feel like I don't feel very comfortable. If I take something and it makes me feel other, I don't feel like I have any control over it. Like I don't like doing drugs. No, I actually match you with that because I think I had in, in my life, my early life, I think I've smoked a, a couple of joints or something like that when I was younger, never found it very interesting and um, made me feel a bit sick. And then an ayahuasca or, or two or three times. And each time the plant or the energy where it said, it's not your place, don't come here. Even when I was, so I've had a very clear direction in this embodiment, that is not for you. And mm. so I didn't, like joining particular cults or, or, or um, I think w when I was exploring Kabbalah, I got to a limit and it said, you've done all this before, this is not for you. And I actually listened and found other things to explore. You know, I've got to the limit and then it was like, nah, wasting your time, don't go down that pothole. So I I, I kind of stopped. I knew that I'd had, I knew enough of that. So I didn't, but I agree with you about substances. And I don't know, even alcohol these days, I don't drink it really. It just uh, doesn't mm -hmm. do me any good, but I wouldn't go anywhere like some of the serious drugs ever. And the, the little bit I've played has been so minute. Where Whatever sensation or knowledge, I've gone deeper in my own consciousness than ever I could with any of these mind-bending substances. There's, there was no point. That's what I feel as well. It's like, I think if you have this sort of, well, you know how this, a lot of people as well say in, in in terms of like taking substance to get you to that state, whatever, you know, in, of whatever. Um, it's like it's unearned. You'll hear that, you know, from yeah. people that, you know, if you you, ha you haven't earned that, you just take a substance and you it's kind of like, it's a, almost like a false state of awakening or something. Well, my being always said, you cannot earn anything. You cannot deserve anything. You simply choose. And um, so if I want, anything particularly and I, and I haven't yet got the experience it's because I haven't gone to the place of 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 desiring sufficiently or setting it up I know that whatever there is that I might say I desire and I haven't got yet it's, it's because I haven't bothered yet I'm not been there yet I mean there's the whole of the cosmic supermarket so there's enough to deal with you know but there isn't mm -hmm. anything that I can't have if I don't want it I mean if I want it so let's let's talk about another thing about Scorpio that we haven't addressed at all. And, you know, because, you know, obviously it is these are big, hard hitting topics, you know, in, in terms of Scorpio yeah. and even the fact that it's all about change and unexpected change and the most unexpected change changes in life that we don't necessarily process fully that we resist the change. Right. And also the biggest change is, you know, the passing over experience. Right. That we call death. Right. That's Scorpio. That's all Scorpio. I've always been fascinated with, as as obviously as a Scorpio uh, um, rising, I've always been fascinated by death. And I think about all these things that you just mentioned. But I also think about, you know, how a lot of people talk about past lives and how they affect our current life, yes. you know. And of course, the yes. Vedic, you know, philosophy and the Jyotish astrology is all set up around actually that this is your Prabhda karma that, you know, the fructification of the karma for this lifetime, you know, all of these things. 
but that for me it's like and for people who don't believe in reincarnation you know i don't have an issue because i mean i personally do i don't know where that belief comes from but i don't need it i don't need to think about past life because it's is it relevant to me now do you know what i mean it's like yeah, this yeah, is what's yeah. happening now but is it like what what is the use of this now right but the other thing I want to talk about, we haven't talked about it at all with Scorpio, that we, if we don't talk about it, we will we, we'll be amiss. And we, you know, we have to talk about things, you know, we could go further into it, but taboos of all kinds, but sex. Oh, yes, yeah, sex. The pity more. <laughs> the little death, right? What about in terms of sex? Because there's lots we could talk about with that in terms of Rahu and Scorpio and sex and incest and taboos and you name it. Yes, yes. But what do we say? Sex is such an amazing, I mean, this union of opposites, this the, the, the masculine and feminine, what we call it, what is it really? And oh my God, I mean, write whole books on it, and people do. But ultimately, we are it all. We've defined one little bit to experience one little bit on the whole spectrum of gender and sexuality. And I mean, it's like, where do you want to go with all of this? What What do we want to talk about? Well, I'm, I, I, for some now, reason, what's I, interesting is all the exploration at the moment of transgender and what is man and what is a woman and yeah. the whole thing. It's all very blurred at the moment, and it's well, it's not all, but it seems to be for some people incredible the stories that there are beautiful. For me, that's an expression of Rahu also because it's also for me. I think the the moving into an age of Aquarius, which Rahu is said to rule, I think that the trans issue, whether it's transgender or transhumanism even, I think will be a big thing moving into the future. Yes. Oh, my God, the transhumanism bit, bit and the bits of um, what's robotic and what's actually human. And <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, this is now we're on the cusp of that. Like it's, it's, it's kind of like this precipice almost that some people are talking about. But it could also be something that takes us to new heights that we can't even imagine right now. But apart from that, let's talk about in terms of I don't know why I'm thinking about Nietzsche again. Um, I'm thinking when I was when I think about sex, I always just think about I don't think about like the kind of the, the, the act of sex necessarily. I think about the energy of it and the, the transformational capacity of the sex act. And even in terms of using the sex energy, like sex magic, yes. that's what I think about. Yeah, yeah. That's so for me with Rahu and Scorpio, that for me would be more. And again, with Nietzsche, I think he would have been very much of that mind as well, that he probably, you know, used his energy in that way and delved deeper, using it as fuel, using his sexual energy as fuel. I mean, ultimately, when we explore uh, what people think of as yoga, this is all to do with this and all the ideas of uh, of the transforming experience of Kundalini and what being embodied is. And I mean, it's, it's such a vast, vast thing. I mean, it, that we could talk for years on just this and which particular bit. But, yeah, um, which particular bit? It's like it's, no, it's um, yeah, that's the thing. But with Rahu, maybe we'll will we just maybe finish with this sense of Rahu in Scorpio and sex and death and all the taboos and all of the hidden stuff you know let, let's face it it's all of this like even in the body scorpio is the genitals and the anus yes all the hidden parts of the body that you don't yeah. share with anybody you only share it with one other person maybe maybe or yeah, intimate yeah. others right so it's like rahu there can further distort derange exaggerate block 
then release, block and release again, this kind of part of life. And somehow we have to get to that state that is able to observe and already been experienced, depends where we are, with dispassion, anything. And that there is no area of, of all what seems to be depraved or taboo that we cannot explore and look at. It's the minute we move away from judging, uh, from that dispassion, we get into judgment, anything, we we cannot get to the truth of what's going on. If there's only one, one substance, one consciousness, one being playing all the parts, it obviously there is a movement to explore the deepest, darkest little crevices. And if we explore with judgment, we're going to get ourselves in a right pickle. But if we explore with dispassion, just observing from the heart, then then cool. There is no underlying current that can pull you out of your own sovereignty. You know. So when you say something like uh, Rahu is the rapist, yeah, I, I mean rape and the scavenging dogs of war. It, that's how people experience. I don't actually think that the poem says I am the rapist, but it, it could be interpreted as that. But he, he talks about the different states, famine, rape, and the scavenging dogs of war, and still I am the beloved. He's talking about states rather than identification with any particular mm. form, I think. I mean, I'll, I'll look at it in more depth because I haven't explored that that mm -hmm. thought. Never having, he, he doesn't say I'm the rapist, but could do. Um, but if we if we draw that back to this thing of, you know, I mean, let's face it, that is a lot of people's experience with sex, a lot. Yes, yes, and yes. That, yes. that going back to childhood experiences over and over again. Yeah. And, you know, you might say re-traumatizing yourself over and over again with this experience. As long as, long, as long as you do not anchor everything in the heart field, you can experience re-traumatizing. But if, if you explore from the heart field, okay, I'm talking about somebody that came many, many years ago and, and her father had abused her when and she hadn't remembered. And during a, a deep, I mean, I trained originally in regression and integration. So this is how I gradually was taken into exploring from the heart rather than just doing standard therapy, whatever it was. And um, and she went into the state, and I think we were three hours exploring. She experienced the recognition, the realization, and the and the transformation of that moment into her porthole to enlightenment. And mm -hmm. and all without coming back into the ordinary physical state of looking at it. And it was the most amazing, amazing experience, it really was. And um mm -hmm. and it's like when that moment is fully matched. It's a portal to enlightenment when there's total acceptance. Ah, nothing ever happened. This was all my fantasy, my dream, my my being exploring. And it wants to, the being wants me, mind to become, well, if you like God, if you, I don't know what words I can use because any word it defines, but it wants to become the absolute source, knowing that there is no limitation. There are no thresholds. I can move beyond from being here this simple embodied human being to being uh, to be able to create worlds or or whatever race from the dead doesn't matter you know so what is the what is the thing to do and i guess you know this it's it's a silly question in a way because of course you wouldn't meet that experience if you are centered in the heart field but not even what... need the desire it wants to know everything even what it is not 
as itself. But what, what, what of the person who comes to you in that experience of not and, ex and being traumatized by an experience like that, by any kind of experience where they feel like their boundaries were trampled and they're like, cannot, you know, get through that in that mm -hmm. moment? It's only mine that can't get through. When you start with the tiniest little, there's an old, old, old lady came to, well, I'm probably as old as that one when first came, and she had nothing that she loved. Nothing. I was. I always look for something where you have got an experience of love, of something. And we found out that she had a little tiny canary or little bird or something, and I remember that. And and that was the beginning. You've got to find the tiniest little place that is true, that they have experienced, that they know, however small it might be. Even if it's just the touch of two fingers rubbing together like that, you get that sensation of touch. I know that I'm touching these. And these two fingers know that they're, I'm rubbing my finger and thumb together. And it can be however small, but they've got to be about a little place where you anchor, which is why we, when we're looking at an enlightenment training, and I've trained as an enlightenment master many years, they, 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 you have to find a place of the real. It's got to be something real, like you look at uh, uh, the life in a, a flower or a plant or a something. There's got to be some anchor. So they, they talk about the value of a human birth because being embodied and the absolute does not have in its absolute state that experience of humanity. So that's the story of, of, the, of the incarnation, if you like, Bethlehem, you know? The absolute becomes, the invulnerable becomes completely vulnerable, like a little tiny child. So you find the smallest little thing. And I was given, when I first started from within this, as, as the heart star, the little spark of light, of the little piece of electric spark, which ultimately became every cell of my body. But at the beginning, it was just like spark, a star in the sky, in my inner sky. And from there, so you find the tiniest little place that that person, in all its and all her or his lostness, finds as real. Something doesn't matter what, because you have to ground in something, even if it's a toe on the ground. But there's something, even even someone they talk about Hitler and that, that false sentimentality of loving, I don't know, animals or whatever it was. There's got to be something real. And you begin from the real. I think years later, and I started looking at how craniosacral function, then they find a little place that is the absolute, that you can feel coherence. So you begin from that. I think I've always had this in my life and that it's not something I've ever trained in or anyone has ever taught me, but from a very young age, because I've always like been aware of the the aliveness of things around me. Yes. That that's probably what I've used more. It's like this looking at things. Like so yes. I'll even in in circumstances where I maybe maybe not want to be, I'll I'll then it switches for a moment, and then I'll I'll see something that looks alive. Yes, and then you from that you can extrapolate. It goes to everything is alive. I remember the experience of walking out of my bedroom and noticing the sunlight shining through all the little dust particles, and all of a sudden I saw the nature of absolutely everything. This was many years ago, and I went, mm. "Oh, it's all candy floss! It's candy floss! Mm. It's all you know, little filaments of light." And I went, "Oh, it's like that. Everything," and I saw into the tiniest little whatever it might be bit of old well, rubbish you, you see you have a lifetime of now of um 
talking about this and training other people and going there. But for me, it's like I have this experience, but I when I engage with people, I get very much into I'm relaying information and we're talking and uh, we have right. this exchange, okay. you know, and I don't really have that. And I then I think that that's one of the, the, the stoppers for them having the potential for that experience with me. I just assume I actually assume it's silly. It's naive, I guess, that I assume that everybody has this. Of course they do. They, of course they do. And you're seeing and you're assuming enables that that consciousness that they actually already are. You know what the nature of everything has to be. Fundamentally, you already are that, that enlightened state. You know it. It's known it, or it is known within you. Maybe full identification with that state is not uh, available yet to the mind fully, but mm. there's enough of it to provide that sense of being people being able to see and feel and taste that stability that is their own, which is actually all you, because there's only one consciousness. And the, the reflecting on this this that, that is known and, uh, and what is apparently unknown and expanding into that, which is your the game that you're playing. But you already have enough of the awakenedness to be able to play the game and that state that you call or maybe naive. It's what Jesus talks about. Unless you become as a little child, you've got to see with the baby eyes, and the baby eyes are very naive because it's it's the inherent criticism in the word naive. It's not. It's a kind of simplicity and purity and innate. You are already that innately, Gary, and you know it. And I, I mean, if I said that, somebody might say, "Well, she's quoting something from the Vedas." No, it's what you are. Your fundamental identity. There's enough downloaded, uploaded, whatever already. Enough bubbles have burst. Enough, enough little dots have been joined up to give you a sense of. Ah. And so, when you begin to function as that with another human being, of course, it will happen naturally. Mm. It will happen naturally, and of course, you, because because that's what you are, and you're just allowing that to be there. So, and the more you play with things like that, this conversations that, that you want, you wanted, which I also embraced fully when I first began to think, oh wow, this is going to be something amazing. Just just having these chats, whether we're doing a, a blog or not or whatever, it doesn't matter. We have to have a thread to begin, mm. but it's it's so beautiful because the more we spend time just doing this little this little exploration. The more space is open, the more the more the clouds clear, the more the more potential is available. And we're not doing anything; we're just letting what what we are explore, and having a lot of fun because mm -hmm. you like to explore at the same time, same way as I do. How wide can we make it? How wide can we allow it? Where can we go now? This is what I love about our conversation: is that they're so expansive and comforting and opening and clarifying but it's also just playful and joyous and you know yeah. childlike which i really I, that's what i really enjoy because i feel like when there's too much effort when you have to try so hard it's just it's not it exactly this is is the allowing the doodling the infant mm. doodling of the absolute <laughs> it loves <laughs> you look at look at let's say plants or the tropical fish or I mean, just look at the peculiarities that you find in the depths of the ocean. And it's like, wow, infinite doodling. That's what we're playing at. <laughs> huh? 
So I would love to keep doodling and playing and exploring with Kishori, but of course we have to move on. And we are going to move on in our next conversation to Rahu in Libra. Don't forget we're moving in reverse order through the Zodiac as Rahu. So the next time we speak about Rahu, it will be all about Rahu in Libra, in Venus's sign. So I hope you can join us then to continue this conversation, this Maps of Consciousness. If you'd like to get in contact with Kishori and continue the conversation with her, you can go to her website. That's Magic Makeover. Dot com. It's magic with a K hyphen. So it's M-A-G-I-C-K hyphen makeover.com. Or she has a new website also, kishori.net, K-I-S-H-O-R-I, kishori.net. And you'll find details of her book, The Song of Rahu, which is now released. It's a an ebook currently and will be released very soon as a print book, a paperback edition. So go get your hands on a copy. And if you'd like to continue this conversation about astrology, you can do so with myself at TimelineAstrology.com. And you can also follow me on Patreon.com forward slash Timeline Astrology. I write daily reports as well as monthly forecasts and a whole lot more besides including a magazine and upcoming books and so on and so on. Um, Rahu is not letting me rest. No rest for the wicked as the saying goes. So thank you so much for listening to this all the way through to the end. And until next time.